Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Asif Khan and Abriana Lopez. All right, we're back with your favorite podcast show of the week. This is This Week in Location-Based Marketing, episode number 437. Abriana, how are you this week? I am hanging in there, you know. It's been like one of those challenging weeks, and I'm pretty sure you know what I mean. But I know uh, exactly what you mean. I'm good. I'm good. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, it was crazy. I was uh, obviously we had retail local last week uh, in Atlanta, and then I went over to Tokyo for a big event we had in Japan on Friday. It was amazing. Got back late on Sunday night. Had a product launch yesterday for our new uh, company, and uh, well, let's just say the product is in good shape. Everything else around it <laughs> was a mess. So. Um, but here we are. Here we are. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, anybody who tells you otherwise is just not doing it. You know. <laughs> exactly. Right. So anyhow, we've got a good show for you this week. Sorry for not uh, being around. We didn't have a show last week, obviously, because we were crazy busy. Uh, but uh, we've got at a show last week having yeah. an awesome retail. Yeah. So uh, we've got some some interesting uh, industry news for you and a couple of member news stories. And maybe in the middle, we'll just have a quick little recap of uh, what happened at Retail Logo. So I'll let you kick it off. All right. Well, I'm kicking it off with politics, which is nothing that anybody wants to talk about. But this is more around some of the uh, location and data that we've you know we've been hearing more and more about with things like Cambridge Analytica and the great hack and all this stuff that we talk about in this industry. But um, a Republican campaign uh, back in 2016 was using beacons on some of their lawn signs. And this is really interesting to me. You know, the company that this comes from is called Beacon Stack. And I actually have not heard of these before, but they claim that tech clients like, uh, or giants, I should say, like Google are among their customers, which is interesting. Um, and they also would not discuss uh, which campaigns they had worked with uh, specifically, but basically they were using these beacons to ping nearby uh, smartphones and trigger notifications. Now, um, apparently technology has changed a little bit since 2016, but back then you could just send uh, some push notifications and messages if somebody had Bluetooth on. Now you actually need an app and each app has to have the uh, permissions turned on. So some things have changed there. Uh, which will definitely be limiting for this. But, you know, they've also claimed that their devices have been used in Nigeria and India for similar political campaigns. I'm not sure that that's a stamp of approval. But, um, you know, Trump's former campaign manager, Steve Bannon, said that they had used some location technologies to do geofencing around Catholic churches in Iowa, um, you know, to find smartphones in various areas. Um, you know, so now, like I mentioned, there's some limitations and we talk about this a lot within the LBMA and we talk about kind of, um, as you get more granular and more specific, your audience becomes much more refined, uh, but sometimes to the point of exclusion, right? And so when you're thinking about lawn signs to me, I think that this is very ineffective and, um, you know, just like a poor way of reaching out to people in general, because it is, it does have a creep factor to it. Um, but additionally, just because if you looked at every lawn sign that you drive by or walk by or see, uh, that definitely does not make you a good candidate to vote for that specific candidate, right? That doesn't mean that your, your you know, um, 
I guess like political views align with that. So just because somebody walks by a sign, I think that that's really a poor and ineffective way of targeting, not to mention it's probably not super economical. Um, I mean, this is interesting to me. I think that there's so many really uh, great ways that you can encourage people to get out and vote or um, share, you know, maybe like the, the, uh, the founding factors that a, a political candidate is running on, um, you know, and there's a lot of ways to communicate that, but uh, beacons and lawn signs, not so sure, guys. Try again. Yeah, I, I think this is a little strange, right? Like, I, I think that, um, you know, I'll, I'll use the comparison to uh, several years ago, I can't remember the name of the company, but somebody had done uh, something similar of putting location uh, tech into uh, lawn signs, but for real estate list, like, you know, the house is for sale kind of thing. Um, and I think, to your point, I think it, it, it doesn't really make any sense to say that just because somebody came near this thing that they're, you know, going to support the Republican Party or, or whatever else. But I think where there is an opportunity is, is that if you want to learn more information about this candidate uh, or what the party's, you know, policy is on a certain thing, to be able to interact with the sign and pull information from it, like tap it if it was NFC enabled or, you know, things like that. And that's kind of what we saw in the real estate side is, is that, okay, yeah, look, this house is for sale. I'm interested in this in, in, in this house potentially, you know, and I can use my mobile device to interact with the sign and then I can get more information about the price or how old it is or, you know, you know, see the see the uh, the layout of it, you know, you know, in some sort of video or whatever, uh, pulling content from from the sign. I think that's interesting. Um, but I think just simply using it as a way to track people, uh, I think is, it, it doesn't really make sense to me. So I think there's a lot of other more effective location uh, targeting platforms. We know of a few um, that uh, can, can do this uh, much more effectively for these, uh, these political campaigns. Sure. So there you go. All right, on to our, uh, our second story. So a chain in uh, New York City, uh, no, sorry, in DC, apologies, uh, Washington, DC, called at pizza so it's the ampersand uh, sign pizza they have partnered with lyft uh, to test a new program uh, from the called lyft for late nights and so on friday and saturday nights uh, what they're doing is they're providing a discounted lyft service for their late night workers for their employees um, so basically you know, this is all about um, caring for your employees and, you know, Lyft is testing a program and, and at Pizza is one of the initial partners uh, for this, I guess. And so uh, eligible employees who want to travel uh, to and from at Pizza, so like trying to get to work or to get home uh, from a late night shift on a Friday or Saturday night between 11 p.m. and 5.30 a.m., can take advantage of a 450 flat rate um, ride on Lyft, which is pretty amazing. Uh, they're doing a three month test phase. Uh, it's the first uh, full flat rate ride hailing program uh, in Washington, DC. Um, these guys have, uh, they're testing it at seven out of their 35 locations in Washington, DC area. And uh, yeah, I think this is a great employee kind of perk incentive, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, and showing some sort of care for your employees that have to work the late night shift. Um, I don't know. I like it. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I like it a lot. I think it's great. Uh, I think it's great that you had to do the pizza story this week. 
(laughs) (laughs) I'm hungry now, but, uh, yeah, I think that, um, I think this is awesome. I mean, 450 flat rate is amazing. And you think about the challenges in a city like DC with parking and things of that nature. And most people are probably taking public transportation. And so late night you think of like crime and I don't know where this pizza place is located, but, um, you know, I think this is a great perk to be offering for sure. And I think, you know, we've seen like Uber do some business fleet stuff or like where you can do specific like business charges or extending business credit so that, you know, to get home from the company Christmas party or whatever. But I like that Lyft is kind of coming to do this like as a, you know, a corporate type of a thing. I mean, you get a wellness program, you get a gym membership and they're like, hey, you know, whenever you have to work the shift, you get, you know, some nice transportation perks, right? So, yeah. All right. Okay. Let's go over uh, to China now and talk a little bit about WeChat. They've been under fire a little bit because they've had some traffic coming through with fake GPS locations. Now, what's interesting here is that, you know, you don't see a lot of GPS spoofing when it comes to something like WeChat necessarily or uh, communication all the time. But, you know, when you see this, a lot of times it has to do with like financial, you know, transactions and things of that nature. And, um, you know, I've done some testing where we had tried to see like what is the, you know, the actual level or percentage of GPS spoofing that's happening. And, you know, back when we did that, it was pretty low and not necessarily something that was problematic. Um, Obviously, you have things like ad fraud and all of those things. And there's so many different things that are uh, your services that are available to filter out that fraudulent traffic. But WeChat is a little bit different here because what they've been seeing is that um, they've like faked all of this traffic, GPS spoofed traffic, right? And there's some interesting use cases here. So one exact purpose that kind of triggered this was that there was a, um, a consumer, a WeChat user that was posing as being a reporter for the, it's the, um, it's one of the Chinese media outlets, which is like the uh, People's Daily Reporter. So it's a state-owned party newspaper. And he was like fraudulently posing as as a reporter. He somehow ripped off uh, thousands of renminbi from, you know, the different reporters, I guess, that were also using information from him or something. Um, he's been detained now by the Beijing police, which is crazy, but... Apparently this is a big challenge and even there's like services that are selling these like fake photos of holidays and, um, you know, international travel so that people can post them and I guess make that is it's, it's so crazy. You know, what's funny is like they're, they're charging, um, as much as like a dollar 40 on Alibaba's marketplace just for these like fake photos. (laughs) Like, man, I need to, I need to get on there. I got some good places I've visited, but, um, you know, this is really funny to me because, uh, one, it's, it's a problem, right? So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of things they can do from a filtering perspective to get rid of this fraudulent tra- traffic and do some dual authentication processes on the data side. But the other thing that's kind of more of um, just the state of our, I guess, like culture today is that people would rather, you know, spend money on faking going places than just save their money and actually go somewhere. Um, I don't know. It's a crazy problem to have. And, and if WeChat has, has it, you know, that you're like, okay, well, maybe we need to take notice and this is a bigger problem than um, originally anticipated. But the quality of location data just is a consistent trend that I think we're going to see um, have to really get cleaned up this year into next year. 
Yeah, I completely agree with that last statement. I think, um, you know, we consistently hear about challenges around location data quality. I think China is a unique animal though, right? Like when it comes to location data, I think, you know, on the GPS side, you know, if you're using it for navigation, uh, you know, the, the, the state government there doesn't give you accurate data to begin with, right? Like it's purposely warped and, and you know, uh, made to be inaccurate. Um, you know, it'll get you generally where you want to go, but they, they minimize the, uh, the amount of accuracy you can have uh, around navigation. So that, that in itself is a problem. And then when you get like spoofing and, and this type of stuff happening where people are faking, you know, their, uh, their location, I think that uh, it further complicates, you know, those issues, right? So I don't know. I mean, I think it, it's in a country that size with, you know, that many people, um, you know, and a, you know, a lack of a regulatory system. Um, like there's no GDPR, it's the complete opposite, right? Like this is, you know, facial recognition, you know, everywhere and you've got uh, complete, you know, there is no such thing as privacy. So it's very much about, you know, there's a lot of data being generated. There's a lot of profiles. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of images. There's a lot of everything to grab if it's not protected well, and then you can sell it for a buck 40, <laughs> you know, on these marketplaces, right? For every photo. So, uh, yeah, I think it's there's a lot of issues here, but perhaps in you know in a market where they don't, um, you know, where privacy is not something that's respected in that sense, um, then you know maybe it's it's less of a concern for them. But uh, certainly, when when it hits them at home, like somebody's faking to be part of the you know the uh, the state-owned newspaper, then they feel it, right? And um, so hopefully. Um, you know, they, they, they can find ways to tighten that up is kind of what I'm hoping. And, and, and make it so that there's real, true, accurate data, ultimately, would be my hope. But I think that's a long shot. <laughs> All right. So that's our three uh, industry news stories for this week. Um, any thoughts uh, for you uh, coming out of Retail Loco last week? You know, I thought that the content was stellar. Um, I obviously enjoyed hosting two um, really interesting discussions. Um, I really liked the conversation that we were able to have around loyalty and what that looks like. And, um, you know, I think that Crystal brought like some great, uh, Crystal as in the fast food QSR, um, you know, brought some really great success stories and ways that they're implementing it. And we heard it from, you know, a financial institution kind of perspective as well. And, um, and then the data, the data side of that. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a great event. You know, I think that every, every time we have a retail loco, the content is stronger. Um, and there were some new attendees, which was really nice as well. So, um, I mean, it was a, it was a great event. What do you, what was your yeah, I, I, I'm I'm with you. I, like I, for me, the best part was the content, um, you know, uh, just a lot of great speakers and a lot of great conversation i think um i was i was so happy that we were able to get uh the samaritan case study uh, out to atlanta as well after having it in seattle back in april um and i think it just like it did back in seattle it's it just resonated so well with so many people everybody's you know how do we get involved how do we help bring this to atlanta or toronto or whatever city that you're in um so, you know, I, I hope that uh, that uh, initiative just explodes across uh, our countries. 
um, and homelessness is something that can be solved, um, you know, with location data and, and other things. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was a highlight for me. I think, um, I think the, um, I, I also, I had some very interesting conversations at the end of the second day around payments and commerce in particular with some folks in the audience. Um, and I think that may be something that um, we want to kind of inject back into kind of going into the, the 2020 program. And so for, for those of you who've been part of Retail Local in the past, so we're going to three shows next year, East, West, and Central. Um, so uh, Seattle, Atlanta, and then back, uh, bringing a central event into, back into the Chicago market in June. So excited about that uh, as well. And then I was over in, in Tokyo on Friday um, for an amazing event. I, like, first of all, the organization of it was stellar. Uh, Cooney, who's our, our guy over there, uh, just put together a phenomenal event. Uh, room sold out. Um, and, uh, you know, the, uh, a mixture of local location tech and, and uh, agency folks like Dentsu people and, and folks like that. And then like some of the bigger uh, brands with their, with their APAC or, or Tokyo presence, like Ground Truth and Foursquare and companies like that were there as well. So it was, it was really good. And, and especially, you know, a shout out to, we've got about uh, 20 or so really solid uh, local member companies, part of the LBMA out of, out of the Japan chapter. So uh, looking for just more growth out of that, uh, excited about kind of the potential for that market. So, yeah. All right. So shifting over to our member news now. Um, so our first story uh, is talking about Nordstrom. So while you know big retail department stores seem to be in decline all over the place, Nordstrom's kind of going the other way with uh, the opening of their brand new New York City flagship store, which just opened on the 24th. Uh, this thing is massive. It's 320,000 square feet. Um, just an unbelievable uh, location um, that they've, they've opened here. And, and the story that I wanted to kind of highlight is around the food and beverage piece of what they do. So they've got a number of different food and beverage installations within the store. Um, but one of the coolest things uh, is that while you're shopping, uh, you can order food, like basically through, through a mobile app environment, and then they will deliver the food to you in the store while you're shopping. And because it's Nordstrom, it's not like, you know, here's your brown paper bag full of food. It's being served to you on a China plate. Um, so you get to have this sort of food experience while you're shopping. Basically, they want you to spend more time in the store, you know, keep your sugar levels up uh, while you're shopping, not getting tired, you know, so that you have more energy to shop and buy more things from Nordstrom. But I love this idea of, you know, kind of you can order and have the food brought to you uh, while you're in the store. Uh, the salespeople wear headsets uh, so they can order food from, from shoppers anywhere. So you, you can basically, if there's a salesperson near you, you can order the food kind of like you, you would at uh, your seat in the stadium. Um, they've got a shoe bar in the shoe department where you can have cocktails while you're trying on shoes. Perfect for, for you, Adriana. I don't know. Um, Sounds pretty spot on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I, it sounds like there's a trip to New York coming in your future. Uh, yeah, I am headed to New York in a few weeks, so maybe I will have to go and check that out. But um, I mean, I like this idea. I love the idea of being able to order food while you shop. My, I'm trying to like picture, you know, just having like this. You know, are you going to have like a rolling? 
rack, you know, of, or your, a roll, a rolling tray of food being like in a chair set up for you right between the, uh, the racks of clothing. I'm not sure how that works, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think that like, if you are on a power shopping experience and you don't want to stop or like get, you know, too diverted, I love that they are thinking about all the things that are bringing the attention away from spending money in their store and they are keeping you there. Um, and I also love the idea of blending cocktails and high heels. That just sounds like a really fun time for me. If I could use somebody's credit card, I mean, that will be even better. <laughs> even better. One interesting stat, so they said that uh, one out of every four purchases, so 25% of all purchases at a Nordstrom location is a food or beverage, uh, a food or drink. That's wow. fascinating to me. That's um, crazy. And so they're trying to grow that, you know, even further. So amazing. So yeah. there you go. Okay. All right. On to beverage topic, Jägermeister, the liquor that, you know, I don't know why people started drinking this back in the day. In my opinion, it's not super tasty, but uh, I think it was like popular back when I was in college. And so that's what everybody did shots of um, or that and Red Bull. Anyways, they are trying to do a fun Halloween campaign and they are doing something with Foursquare where they've teamed up and brought in AR. Um, so basically the location data with Foursquare, they are saying you can either have two different experiences um, from the Halloween themed campaign. The first one is you can unlock certain materials through point of sale and then you also could have some targeted ads to sort of uh, like that are put up very, through geofences. Um, so you can either here basically get a campaign that says like a dark spirit is nearby to draw you into a local you know pub or bar um, or you could have something that pops up and tells you a dark spirit is lurking at your location. Um, and then you can just kind of access the AR experience where you see these spirits like flying through the bar or whatever. I mean, I think that maybe these people like drank too much when they came up with this idea. <laughs> I don't get it. You know, like I'm all about like a fun Halloween experience. Um, I, I love AR being used for cool stuff. Um, but for me, the, the announcements around AR that we have been talking about lately have really been misses for me. The Snapchat uh, a couple weeks ago with the billboard here, you know, you, this is just one, it's an expensive campaign. And two, uh, I think that the interaction that you're going to get from it is very low. And three, I don't know that just because somebody interacts with your lurking spirit that they are going to be purchasing your booze. So for me, it's a kind of a fail on, on the use of location data and AR, but um, I don't know, maybe they can just like share some stats and numbers with us and I am completely wrong. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm not super enthused by this. I think it's an interesting, you know, way to use AR. Um, but I think the scale is, is the issue I always struggle with, with these campaigns. I mean, how many people are actually going to do this? You know, you, I don't think that's your point. I think it's expensive to build this type of application for, for this purpose. Um, and I don't see a massive amount of engagement, right. That, that can come from this. And so I think they've got all the right elements in here, you know, AR and location and social sharing of, of you know, snapping photos and sharing with your friends and all of that kind of stuff. But how many people are actually going to do this? That's the real question. 
And I think that's the limiting factor here for this. Um, that and, and the contest seems really weak to me. Like, um, you know, 16 party packs in total are being awarded, you know, like 16, not like, you know, 1600, like, like 16, like, like that to me tells me, okay, well, guess what, you know, maybe there's 600 people that are going to do this. You got pretty good odds, people. Um, <laughs> you, you know, um, I don't know. Right. So, um, maybe only 16 people will do it. I, I have no idea. Right. So it, it's kind of, um, I, I like what they're trying to go for. I like the use of the technology. Uh, but I, I but I'm concerned about the cost of implementing versus the amount of uh, scale and, and engagement you're going to get. Yep. So, there we go. All right. Moving on. Our final story this week, Chick-fil-A, a good Atlanta company, uh, has announced an interesting new feature. It's called dine-in mobile ordering. And so essentially, uh, if you're planning to go to Chick-fil-A, you can order ahead through the mobile app and essentially reserve like a table. Uh, to sit down and enjoy your food in the actual restaurant. That's it. I mean, it's it's pretty straightforward. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think, um, you know, I, I, I like the idea. I mean, lots of restaurant chains to me have call ahead seating or making reservations or things like that. And I think combining that with mobile ordering, um, I think makes a ton of sense. I could see this taking off in, in a ton of different restaurant places. So, um, it's not complicated, it's not rocket science, but it's smart. And I think that, um, you know, we're, we're all time starved people, especially if you have a young family like yourself, um, you know, and you know, if you're going to go to Chick-fil-A or you're going to go anywhere else, um, you know, unless you're out on a date or you're, you're out to have like a nice long night, um, you know, with your loved one, uh, you're probably <laughs> barely in a rush <laughs> to trying to get to something else. And so if you can not waste time waiting to order when you actually get your get seated uh, and you can pre-order, um, I like it. I mean, I like it. I use the mobile ordering for the drive-through often and I would definitely use it inside as well. I mean, I've done it where you just pick it up inside, but I like the idea of reserving a table. Um, it's not often that I go inside to a Chick-fil-A, but if I do, it's, I mean, pretty much anytime I go to a Chick-fil-A, I have my kids, but if I go inside, it's because they have a play place and I have, you know, a little bit of time and my kids have a lot of energy to burn. So I like this idea. I mean, I think it's something that a lot of their customers will use and, um, and I think that they do a great job on the user experience portion of it. So I have no doubt that will be the same here. There you go. So that's our show for this week. You've been listening to episode 437 of this week in location-based marketing. If you have feedback, if you have story ideas, if you have criticism, if you want to get involved, in any way, reach out to us on the various social media channels. If you're watching the video, the contact information is at the end of the show. Um, yeah, thank you for listening and watching every week. Everyone, we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.